All right, let's just start. Okay, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. I hope you guys are doing well out there. Uh, today's episode brought to you by Manscaped. We've been talking to Manscaped a lot lately, and they said that a lot of people out there are using the promo code HB Sports. So I appreciate that. The more you guys use it, the more money we make. So, you know, I appreciate that. I'm happy to hear that everyone's loving the product. Uh, they're sponsoring today's episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch it to you again here. So here we go. Um, Manscaped. Use the promo code HB Sports. Pick up a lawnmower 3.0. They're unbelievable. My balls are smooth every day. I wake up, I just keep it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, it charges for up to 90 minutes. Ladies, if you got a man out there and he's not shaving down below, you don't want to have that awkward conversation with him. All you got to do is buy him a Mon Lower 3.0, give it to him, he'll get the hint. And guess what? I'm not even going to make you pay full price. Just use the promo code HB Sports, get 20% off your order. You're saving money already, and your man's going to have a fresh set of balls. All right? I use it every morning in the shower. I walk out the door feeling confident, ready to go. I'm telling you right now, people, it's the little details that allow you to get ahead in this world. It's the little details. You know, you want to get ahead at work. You want to put a couple bucks in the bank. You want to get that girl that, you know, you like and she kind of thinks you're cool, but maybe you're in the friend zone a little bit and you want to, you know, you know, it's, it's the little details. All right? That's how you get ahead. Manscaped. They're helping guys like us, or I guess not guys like us, just guys across the world. Shave our balls. No more nicks. No more bloody messes. No more worries. Manscaped. Remember, use the promo code HBSports. Get 20% off your order, and you will not regret it. Thank you very much. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Bahamas. If I'm, tr- I'm trying not to fangirl out here for some of these podcasts. I-, I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at it. We're getting some big names on here, and I'm keeping my cool. I'm doing my job, and I'm asking the right questions. I'd like to think. Maybe not. Uh, but this next guest, Afi from you know Bahamas, his stage name Bahamas, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. I remember seeing him live for the first time last year at the Halifax Jazz Fest and I instantly became uh, a fan I, I, I was already a fan of him through his music like I've seen him uh, his music videos on YouTube and I've listened to him you know on iTunes and in his albums and things like that but what really made me a true fan was seeing him at the Halifax Jazz Fest and the way he just connected with the 6,000 people there it was just such a you know like when you have some of those nights in Halifax where you just don't ever forget this was just one of those nights, you know, it was mid-August, late August, summer day in Halifax. The beer was flowing, the, you know, there's joints being passed around in the crowd. You know, I'm with all my buddies, I'm running into old buddies, and it was just one of those nights that you just won't ever forget. And Affy put on one hell of a show, and he connected with every single person in the audience. It was... uh it was just a, it was a it was a concert I will never forget. It was a great great night uh, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia last year at the at the Halifax Jazz Fest on a on an unreal August summer night. Um, a little bit about Bahamas here. So uh, in 2015, he won a Juno for songwriter of one of his songs called All the Time. In 2015, he also won a Juno for adult alternative album Stay Humble. Uh, 2019, he won video of the year, won a Juno, 
Uh, and also in 2019, he won another adult alternative album, Juno. And he's also been nominated for a bunch of Junos as well. So extremely accomplished artist. Uh, he's coming out of Toronto, but I think he married a girl from Halifax. That's why he lives here. I'm not 100% sure. I'll ask. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I well, how did I, how did this even happen? I, so I, I remember, like, there'd be times where I was having a couple of beer and, like, I'd message him through a DM just trying to get him on the podcast. Well, hey, man, come on, come on, no answer, no answer, which is fine. He's a, he's a big dog. And one day, I was like, this isn't working, DMing him. So I sent him a video. So I got Mark to hold up my my camera, like my iPhone. And I was like, man, just, just film me for, like, 45 seconds. I'm going to send him a video just kind of explaining who we are, what we do, what our podcast is about. So I sent him the video. And I think about a week later, so it was this Monday, actually, he called me Monday morning and he was like, Hey man, like my manager showed me a video about your podcast and your company. You'd love to come on. And I was trying, you know, I was pumped. I was through the roof. Like I, it was honestly, you know, like when you just kind of put things out there and you know, it won't happen and you know, it will never really come to life, but you just do it anyways, just for the fuck of it. This was what that was. I put it out there hoping for what the hell, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I don't care if it happens. That's unreal. And it just goes to show you, if you put things out there in the universe, something could come back to you. Who knows? Who knows? And I'm fortunate enough that, uh, that Afi said yes, and he's coming on the podcast. I couldn't be more happy. It's going to be a great episode. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, I hope that you guys are having a great week. It's Thursday. Stay positive. Stay safe. Keep working hard. Good things are going to happen. Good things are around the corner. I got a feeling that this corona thing is going to be gone within, you know. Actually, I shouldn't say anything. I'm not a scientist. But it could be gone soon. Who knows? Nonetheless, don't let it affect you. Have fun. Stay safe. This is the High Button Podcast, right? We're talking to Bahamas. I'm Justin. Here we go. You know what comes next. We're going. Wait, I got to start this thing too. We're going now? Yep. All right, Afi, man, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Nice to be here. I'm pumped that you're you're here right now. Like I was saying on the phone the other day, first time I saw you live was at the Halifax Jazz Fest last year, and it was one of the better nights in Halifax I've ever experienced. For me too. Time. For me too. It was, it was a beautiful night all around, and the nicest part was that there was just so many different people there, you know, all ages. It, it was people with their kids and everything, and people with their parents. Yeah. And, uh... I know that sounds like the same thing, but I, I feel like there is a distinction. But in, in any case, yeah, it was a really nice nice time. It was a great time. Yeah. That's a good thing about Halifax when you go out to things like this. You run into old friends. Yeah. Like, I remember I was there probably two hours early before you went on. You're just having a couple beers, and you yeah. just run to old buddies that you haven't seen in five years. And oh, for sit sure. sit there, have a couple beer with them. It's for nice. Sure. I think it's everybody's great. missing that right now. Yeah, you know, So I am, for sure. Um, so how long have you been in Halifax for? I know you're born in Ontario. Almost two years. Two years. Yeah. My wife and I started coming out here many, many years ago um to have our honeymoon and then we'd come you know every year after that and then when we had the kids we'd stay for longer and longer and then we kind of became people who spend the summers out here and you know i mean it's not the most original story but basically we fell for the charms of nova scotia and at some point we got tired of going back and forth and we thought why don't we just stay here that story is very similar to yeah. college kids that yeah. come here for like they go to dallas smew king's college or they're from right. ontario they come here they're here for four years they work yeah meet a girl yeah and then yeah. they stay here, and they're here yeah. for life. Happens well, all the time. I mean, geez, I mean, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to let the secret out too, too much. But, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it does, it does really feel like a special place. I mean, obviously, I've already literally bought into it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I just been, you know, I think for me, 
most of my friends, most of my peers, when we said we were moving to Nova Scotia, most people were like, what? You know, if I had said we're moving to L.A. or New York or something, that would have been the more yeah. obvious play. Um, but uh, it's just the way I grew up was was pretty simple. I grew up fishing and hunting and riding my bike, and, and, and I grew up a, sort of half in Finland and half in Ontario. Finland? Yeah, my mother's from Finland. No way. Um, and she has 12 brothers and sisters. They're all still there. They all have kids, and their kids have kids. And so I have this huge family there. So my mother would sort of ship me there in the summer times, and I'd spend the whole summer there. And um, and the landscape is a lot like Nova Scotia. It's just rocks and trees and, and lakes and, you know, surrounded by water. And, um, and yeah, so I just loved it. I had such a, you know, fun time being a kid there. And I don't know if it's for me having kids, but I just, you know, more and more the, the lifestyle here made sense for us. Um, just the access to nature is, is you don't even have to try. I mean, it's just, it's all around you. Yeah. You know, it's sort of a city surrounded by all the best stuff. So yeah. you get to kind of have your cake and eat it too out here, I think. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Have you taken your kids back to Finland? Have they experienced it yet? I haven't yet. No, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, truth be told, I've just kind of been busy working uh, the whole time up until recently. It's, you know, any traveling I was doing was mostly for shows, you yeah. know. But um, my wife and I went there just before we had kids. It was the last time we were there. Um, but, you know, it's it's sort of like Newfoundland. It's like, it's like it's pretty isolated just geographically is it's, it? it's oh yeah yeah it's terrible, not, if, I don't if you look at a map it's not really like people think of it as part of scandinavia but it's actually like Finland? farther up north it's 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 attached to russia I'm not and gonna look um, in any case uh it's it's so it's you really got to want to go there you know it's not yeah. like you're just gonna like stop there on your way anywhere yeah um and you know as is often the case with newfoundland and with finland and with many other places like it it's it's worth going for sure i look forward to getting back there and and like i said i just have so much family there so it's it's kind of like it's a no-brainer i love having family in other places of the world it's an excuse to travel and you don't feel guilty like you're not going to be at a hotel you'll be at their place you know it's it's a nice experience i love it for sure for sure summers in finland that's really cool yeah culturally i feel like that's a huge benefit for you just coming back to yeah. Canada and just being in another part of the world for sure I didn't I like I didn't know this at the time but it like my I, my mother was a single parent my dad left before I was born and I sort of benefited from that in a way because I was the oldest kid you know okay how many brothers and sisters do you have I have a younger brother and sister they're twins they're six years younger than I am okay so yeah so it seemed like my mom would like basically school would end and she would I would go to the airport and get on an airplane by myself and at that time you know that was pretty normal for kids to fly by themselves but i don't know that people do that anymore but anyway i loved it it was just so exciting yeah like i would go to the airport i'd i'd you know you get to go in the cockpit back then yeah they give you as much ice cream (laughs) as you want you know what i mean like (laughs) it was a hot towel yeah you get to finland everyone's speaking a different language and everything's different i just like it was so exciting and i kind of know now that it was basically like my mom you know, it was cheaper to send me to Finland for the summer than it was to arrange childcare. I believe it. You know what I mean? So, like, it was sort of a life hack for her, and I definitely benefited from that. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of realized that as I became a teenager that that's what she was doing, you know, because I, when I became a teenager, I didn't go as often, right? Because then I was in charge of, I was taking care of my sister and brother. Okay, okay, okay. So, it was really those early, early formative years okay. um, when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, those, those years when. All you want to do, if you have a fishing rod and a bicycle, you're happy, you know? So those were, those are just uh, some of my fondest memories for sure. But in any case, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's an amazing place. When my mom left, it was like kind of a, 
they were pretty far behind. You know, it was like they didn't have blue jeans or garlic or anything. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Blue jeans or garlic? Like literally? Like yeah, literally far behind. Like, I just mean like as the rest of the world was going through, uh, you know, the '60s and and all these progressive move- movements, Finland was like so far behind just culturally you know really in the Um, 60s yeah for sure so so when she was growing up there she thought man geez i don't want to just like live in my tiny little town and like sell cheese and bread to like all my neighbors like i want to go out and see the world and i want to do all these big she had all these big dreams and she would hear the beatles on the radio and she thought i'm gonna go you know i'm gonna get out of here and she ended up coming to canada to to make a life here you know but all i'm saying is since she's come here in the intervening years, Finland is one of those places that really turned inward and they they solved all their problems. Like they have all the stuff that we're struggling with now, they figured it out 30 years ago, right? The, the university education and the daycare programs and just like social welfare basically there is, you know, quality of life is very, very high. Mm. So when I talk to my relatives now and I say, hey, do you guys ever think about leaving? Do you ever think about moving? Yeah. They're like, why would we move? Yeah. We all have jobs. We all have cottages. Like, life is good here, you know? We, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't know if it's the Nokia cell phone company, but they went through some <laughs> sort of boom that allowed them to kind of, like, you know, make everything good there for most people. That's wicked. I love to yeah. hear that. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. cool. And it's also just, like, it's a small country, right? There's, there's less than 5 million people there, so... Um, when you have a smaller population, you can kind of make choices and put them into action quickly and see if they're effective. And if they're not, you yeah. can change course, you know? How's the fan base over there? Do you have a fan base in Europe? <laughs> they probably all have the same last name as I do. Well, that's a good thing, isn't uh, it? Yeah. I mean, I you know, actually, I've never been over there to play. You must have had the opportunity to, though. Uh, like, you can, but kind of like I was saying, like the geography of it makes it difficult to write a tour there. You know, when I travel with a band and a crew and everything, it's expensive, right? you got to yeah. move. Like, it's like yeah. you're moving 10 or 12 people around. It's not just you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to take a day to travel over there and to play, like, you basically have to set aside at least two days, in some cases three, to go play a place like that, And right? it's pointless going over there to play one show. You want to set up 20 or something like that. Yeah, I don't want to say it's pointless. I've, I'd love to go play there. There's no, yeah. there's no there's no part of me that doesn't want to play there, but, you know, when you're – it's just every day away from the kids and stuff for me is like a big thing and it's expen- every day away is expensive right the yeah. days that i'm not playing and stuff cost money so yeah so uh you know it's uh i will get there and play at some point but um but yeah i i feel embarrassed to say i've played in norway and i've played in sweden i've played in denmark um and you know basically everything around there but uh i haven't made it to finland to play music yet but One i don't day. think they really care that my relatives will fly over to sweden you know that you can get cheap flights there or used to be able to anyway yeah and they have a ferry that goes back and forth. So if I play in Stockholm or something like that often, like I'll see my relatives in the crowd. Cool. Yeah. I noticed one thing at your live concert at the Jazz Fest, other than your music, was you were really good at the banter in between songs. And I've <laughs> talked to artists on this podcast yeah. before, and they some guys say they struggle with it in between right. songs. They don't know what to bring up. They don't know how to adjust to the next song. Right. And I thought you were a master at it. You were cracking jokes. You were making fun of exits <laughs> on the highway. Like, I see someone from Exit 7 here. Stop at Sobeys for me. Like, man, this guy's a comedian. Has that always Larry been a natural Utech thing? Boulevard. Yeah, that's what you said. You said something about Larry Utech. <laughs> Love that exit. And like when I said in the intro before you got here, I was yeah. like, man, this guy was able to connect with everyone in the crowd. I don't know how many yeah. people were there. It was a good amount of people. Yeah. But like you connected to me, all my buddies, my girlfriend. You're like, man, like we went home and all YouTubed you and did our research on uh, you just because you connected to people outside of your music, just when you were actually just talking, just being a yeah. person. Did yeah. that, where does that come from? Well, I mean, it, I'll tell you, it wasn't always like that. I definitely like the early part of my career, it was. Uh, you know, 
just through inexperience, basically, you know, you're nervous, you're thinking about all that things, all that sort of thing. You're thinking, geez, like, what should I say? What should I do? And it's one of those things where when you stop thinking about it, it comes, yeah. it comes, Yeah. you stop working at it. You know, it's just like anything else. You know, I really like fly fishing. Right. And, and when you're casting the rod, if you're, if you're thinking, overthinking the mechanics of what you're doing, yeah. And the line's going all over the place. It's when you actually stop thinking, and then you just cast it beautifully. Just the, the, everything feels natural. And I think so much of life is like that. And certainly for me, playing shows and and you know engaging with the audience, you realize it's like if you don't want to say anything, you don't say anything. And if you have something to say, say it. It's, I, it's yeah. not any more complicated than that. You know what I mean? Like I I really don't I I don't put any effort into it other than try and be present in the moment. And that's, you know, that people say it all the time. It's almost a cliche at this point. But, you know, just be aware of what's happening. Look around. Who's at the show? What are they doing? Are they paying attention? Sometimes people are standing in the front row and they're facing the other way, talking to their friends or on their phone or something. <laughs> that's a great opportunity for me to say, hey, what's going on? You're like you, a comedian. You paid money to come in here and you're going to turn around and turn your back to me? I remember there was this one guy. I played at the Vancouver Folk Festival years ago. And... uh <laughs> You know, the folk festivals are interesting because there's so many different bands playing throughout the day. Okay. So sometimes what people will do is they want to they want to set up their seat to have the best seat in the house for when the artist that they want is playing, right? Okay. So so they'll go in the morning and put a lawn chair down, but the artist that they want to see might not be playing till oh, 8 okay, p.m., sorry, right? Sorry, okay, yeah. Right? So there's all kinds of different shows happening throughout yeah. the day. So I remember I was playing this one show, and I looked down. There's a guy in the front row, and he was reading Wine Spectator magazine. And at first I like, you know, I took it personal. I was like, geez, man, like I flew all the way out here. You know, I've got these songs. I've made, you know, worked on these record and, and got this show going. And there's this guy just reading Wine Spectator magazine, you know, and I'm thinking all this stuff as I'm playing. And then at some point he just sort of puts the magazine down. He's just moving his head and he's kind of grooving on the tunes. And then he looks up again. He's reading about his Barolos and things. But anyway, I, <laughs> it just sort of dawned on me. It's like, I don't need everybody to engage with my music in one way you know what i mean like he's he's there he's just he's experiencing the music that's good enough for me okay you know he's not it's it's silly for me to take that personal i don't need everybody rocking in the exact same way to satisfy my yeah. ego or whatever i mean the guy paid money to be there he can read wine spectator or or sports <laughs> illustrated or whatever he want whatever he wants to do you know but the cool thing is that he was sitting there and, and listening to the music so I don't know. It's just something that uh, you learn over time. You know, it's. I don't know that there's any shortcut to it. I think um, it is easier when you are familiar with a place. And you know, I think just now that I live here, and being able to reference Exit Seven or or, or Larry <laughs> Utech or something like that, it's it's funny, right? Because someone in the crowd is like, "I use Exit Seven. Yeah, exactly. Day, right? that, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, that, like, hey, this guy knows where I live, Larry right. Utech. You know, it's, yeah, so yeah. that's how so it works. It's, you know, it's it's." That sort of stuff is just an easy joke and and uh, and and a, just a way to connect with people for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's in some cases like it goes it goes so far where I almost think, geez, I'm almost like I'm spending more time cracking jokes than I am playing music, you know. But it it never really it's never really a bad thing, you know. Oh, it's a great thing. I yeah, think. yeah. Where'd your love for hats come from, man? You got a great hat collection. <laughs> I'm like sitting here listening to you. I'm like, do you think he traded me that hat? No, like, no, no, no that's a this, sick this, hat. This is, yeah, this is a good hat. Um, I don't know. I think it's just like I think in in the early days it was like 
they were cheap and readily available, right? You're you're at Value Village or you're like in some thrift shop and there's a cool old trucker cap or something. And so, especially when you're traveling, you yeah. know, you can get really cool hats. Like this one's from Texas and That's the same and hat. yeah, so you know, you can you can it's just a fun cheap thing to kind of collect along the way. So, I started by collecting all these hats like if we play a festival or, you know, a, a late night tv show or something like that like basically just take a take a hat as a souvenir you know so in my garage i have a whole pile of these hats that i've collected over the years and then you know i just wear them a lot if i'm fishing or whatever it's like it's always good to have a hat around good man. yeah good collection to have oh it's my wife does she's not as passionate about it as i am but uh (laughs) you know they don't take up much room so it's it's better than collecting motorcycles i try to like hang up jerseys and my girlfriend's like no 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 not a chance yeah it's that's a stronger look you know it's a bit it is a big look i get it yeah not even down here like we should have some down here we don't even have any hanging up but well there's there's time yeah exactly yeah um music how is it how is it introduced you play music no but i listen to a lot yeah i uh you want to hear a funny story i do you don't even know what it is. You're laughing. No, no, no. So when I was younger, I played the violin elementary school. Okay. And I was so bad. Right before the Christmas concert, mm-hmm. the teacher came up to me. and goes, Justin, you know, you tried really hard this year. I'm really proud of you. You put it all in. But when we're up there on the in the show, just pretend to play. Don't touch the strings. <laughs> right. So I'm up there. I'm. They call it ghosting. Yeah. And I'm up there just ghosting. And you know, I'm whatever. My mom comes up to me after. Justin, I'm so proud of you. I heard your violin out of everyone. Like you killed that. Great yeah. job. To this day, just yeah. I didn't tell her. Sounds like your <laughs> mom and you and your teacher all nailed it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Everyone was happy at the end. I didn't yeah, embarrass myself. Exactly. The concert was great. And my mom didn't get hurt. So it's a some, win-win-win. You know, well, you call it a white lie or call it what you want, but it sounds like that, like you nailed it. I would encourage you to to pick up the violin and see if your skills are still so sharp. You know, I don't even know where to get a violin. Yeah. If you got one laying around, I'll come pick one yeah. up and I'll try it. Well, that's you know, I mean, the nice thing about music is just that you can you can do it into your old age i mean a lot of the musicians that i play with now are are in their 70s and their playing is incredible they've only gotten better i mean i think that's maybe the the one let's call it an advantage over athletics is that you know if you can throw a football amazing when you're 22 years old at some point your shoulder's going to start to give out and you won't be able to throw that football quite as fast or as far and with music you know, it's just, it really is about the mind. I mean, sure, of course, if you have arthritis or something, then you might have other problems. But like I said, I've played with so many guys who are just, they're in their 70s and 80s even. And there's just such a calm confidence that comes with that, you know, because at that point, your skills, your your base level of skills, your fundamentals are just so ingrained. You're the mechanics of what you're doing. It's like walking. You don't think about it at all, right? Yeah. Someone starts playing a song, and you're the drummer, and and you just start playing the drums. You're not. You don't think, okay, I'll do this type of beat, or what should I do here? You're literally just playing intuitively, and same thing. There's no, there's no shortcut with that. You know, you really just have to earn yeah. it and have a life in it. And um, so yeah, I encourage all people to sort of to you know just have music be a part of their life, if only for that reason. You know. Yeah. Like, don't you think it'd be cool to just be an old man yeah. and have something that you've been doing since you were young, you know? In some cases, yeah. it's it's fishing or it's some other hobby, but even if it's not your profession, it's like, just to be able to pick out a tune on a guitar yeah. is, it's fun, you know? Yeah. And, and it's and it's a it's a way to meet people. It's, there's a social component to it. I mean, it's like, there's, there's really no... Uh, no negative as far as I'm concerned. In my brain, the way it works, especially when it comes to the 
athletics is I always want to be getting better. Yeah. So in your mind, you know, you have some amazing songs. Mm-hmm. Is there any part of you in your mind that wakes up and goes, okay, no, I have to write a better song? All or do time. you just go through All the, the time? All so there the time. is a little competitive nature in you, you uh, but you want to beat yourself. Huge competitive nature. Yeah. Huge competitive nature. You want to beat nature. yourself. You know, it's. <laughs> I want to beat myself. And, and I, you know, now that it, like, it's my profession. You know what I mean? Like, I'm aiming to make the best product that I can. You know, I mean, on one hand, there's an artistic component, which is, like you said, the, the, song, the portion of my job that's artistic is the writing songs, right? Yeah. I want to write the best songs I can, the most, make them sort of recognizably mine and for people to be able to connect with them and have an emotional connection to them. That's really important. But then after that, you got to figure out how to put it out into the world and how to get people to listen to it. I mean, the same way you're doing with your podcast, right? You can sit in your basement all day long and make the most incredible podcast, but you know right now 80% of the job is just figuring out how to get this out there and get people listening to it. And I don't think that that changes as you as you kind of like go through the you know steps of of success or whatever. It's uh, certain things get easier. You know, you can hire people to help you up the production level, and you can make things better. But that hustle, you got to keep that hustle, yeah. because if you if you don't, it can just come to a grinding halt. And we've seen that happen a million times, right? Yeah. I was just watching this show. Um, this documentary is all about coaches. It's on Netflix right now. It's called Playbook. And they have different episodes with uh, Doc Rivers from the LA Clippers and um, this woman who c- coaches the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team. And this guy, Patrick, I can't even pronounce his last name. He's a French guy. He's uh, Serena Williams' coach. Mm. you know, And he talks about working with these athletes, like these elite-level athletes. And he's like, you know, they work, 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 and then they have a big success. And then in many cases, they think, okay, now I've made it. Now I can. Now I don't have to practice seven days a week. I'll only practice five days a week. I won't come in at 7 a.m. I'll come in at 9 a.m. And what happens? They get bad. They get bad. Yeah. Their, their game gets weak, right? The, the reason why you succeed is because you put in that work. You put in more work than the other guy was willing to. You mm-hmm. got to the rink an hour before the other guy was there, and you were doing your shots, and you're you're ready to go, right? And so, yeah, I mean, before like before we started recording, we were talking about just getting up in the morning. And I, I do look a lot, of, uh, a lot of things in life, I sort of look at it that way, right? It's like if I can get up in the morning an hour before my kids get up, I get that little head start, a little bit of momentum going into the day. And, um, and music for me, you know, like I, I've never thought of myself as sort of naturally gifted. I always thought like if I can just put in more work than the next guy, then I can get better, yep. you know? And, and certainly that's in athletics and in every other thing of life too. But, but yeah, musically for me, it's, um, I don't say it in a disparaging way, but it wasn't like I was just naturally gifted, you know, I thought that's cool. I like that. I want to do that. You know, I enjoy it. Hmm. I enjoy the work. Hmm. I enjoy struggling with something and then figuring it out. And you're like, Holy, it just happened. I just did the thing I want to do. And you said, let's try and do it again. And you, you know, it doesn't come. And then, you, you know, it's like that whole process is something that I really enjoy. So there's always more to learn in terms of, of uh, learning an instrument. And then as a songwriter, it's, um, you know, you always want to write a better song. You never write, like, you never want to, you never want to feel like your best album was the one before. You know, you never want to feel like, oh, I've already done my best work. Yeah. I listened to an interview with uh, Paul McCartney a few years ago. And uh, the interviewer was asking him, so, you know, like, because he had a new album out. And Paul said, 
you know, the, the interviewer asked him, "Say, is this your is this your best album? Do you think this is your best music?" And he said, "Well, you know, it's hard because, as you know, I was in the Beatles, you know, and you think like even Paul McCartney is trying to make better songs, right? And whatever he can decide or someone else can decide is they if they like those songs better. But I mean, the guy who was in the Beatles who wrote songs that are ar- arguably like part of history, part of well." There's no argument. They're they're just part of that classic canon of music, so influential in in music and culture and every other way. And even that guy is still writing, trying to write better songs. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't think you don't have to look too much further to to find inspiration. You know, when a guy like that's doing it, it's like, yeah, that's that. I like that attitude. You know, that works well for me. It's almost like you need to have that rock bottom mentality, even when you're the most successful. For like sure. The mentality I had when starting this company, when I'm 26 years old, going through my mom's couch to look for toonies to get pizza down the street, that's when I was the hungriest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like right now we're doing well. Like we're not yeah. great, but we're doing well. But I still have that hungriness of, well, dude, you know. I mean, that's the reason why I'm sitting here. Like, I, I, I admire your uh, ambition. I mean. I get a lot of I get asked to do a lot of things, you know. But you you sent that video, you sent it over, you said, "Here's my studio. This is what I've built, and you know, if you want to come on the show, we'd love to have you." Simple to the point. You're not trying to pretend you're to be something you're not. Oh, like that's that's what's required in in all facets of life, and I think people respond to it. People respect that, and um, you know, if you can sort of carry that as your business grows then I think you're going to have nothing but success. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think about, this was probably a year ago now. This was before the Jazz Fest. Me and my buddies were sitting around. We're watching your outdoor video that you made. Okay. And we were all arguing about, no, that's a Nova Scotia lake. No, that's an Ontario lake. No, that's an Alberta lake. Right. Settle the score for me and my friends. Where was that lake? I was in, uh, it was was in Ontario. It's the French (sighs) River. I thought it was Nova Scotia. I yeah. said Bridgewater somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'd love to make one in Nova Scotia. Oh, I'm sure I will at some point. Such a sick video. Yeah, it's pretty fun, eh? So that's a camp that I've been going to for many, many years. My friend Evan Penny owns that place. And um, yeah, it was just, I, whenever I have a new album, I try to make video content that's usually not about the music. You know, I've done one with my mother, and it's all in Finnish with subtitles. And I've done one with my friend Russ, who owns a restaurant. And we went, you know, shopping for the restaurant. Yeah. And, I just find like it's more interesting to to show that sort of stuff than it is to just have a yeah. video of me sitting in front of a mixing console talking about how great my guitar sounds or something. Because like it shows your personality yeah. too. Like you're skinny dipping in the water. It's like that's unreal. Like who <laughs> yeah. cares? Like it, it's just it shows two. Like yeah. it's two birds one stone. You're promoting your music, but you're also promoting yourself. Like your yeah. videos on Instagram, you're showing your personality. Yeah, exactly. That's a, it's yeah. a great thing in business. It's a great thing in life. You're just yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, I think I you know you can you can take two roads. You can kind of choose to create something that is a, a character yeah. and or you can sort of welcome the world into your life sort of warts and all yeah and i think both things are just as much work you know it's it's <clears throat> especially now when we live in this time where it's like there's so much effort to show sort of a manicured lifestyle and we see pictures of beautiful people and look at this beautiful lunch that i had and you know in some ways for me, I think the more interesting parts are the parts in between, and figuring out a way to show the struggle a little bit is is nice, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and and when you do that, then you can enjoy your successes too, right? When you show when you show the other parts, then when you have something that goes really well, you can actually own it and celebrate it. When you when you own the when you own the failures, you can own the own the success too. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> do, you, do you still have that Land Rover that you pulled up in? 
Uh, was it a Range Rover? It was a- no, I had an old Land Rover. I've always had you know big guy. trucks i i you know i like i like i said i like to get outside i like to go fishing i like to bring the kids with me i like to bring a lot of stuff so um i do sort of have a soft spot for those old land rovers but uh they're they're it was sick it was cool <laughs> what year you was like that? if you like hemorrhaging money they're a wonderful vehicle to buy yeah i've heard that the range rovers are yeah they're uh mine was like uh early 2000s and um yeah actually three years ago before we lived here we did a big road trip through the Maritimes. You know, I had my mother was with us for a while. I had my kids and my wife, and we had the whole thing all loaded up. And it's a cool vehicle for that sort of stuff because it's like it's like meant for going on safari, right? It's got all these windows yeah. in the back, and it's sort of the back is sort of elevated a bit so the kids can see out. And uh, yeah, so we did a we did a sort of seven week road trip through Nova Scotia and through New Brunswick and stuff. And that that was the perfect vehicle for it, and it was so fun. And then, of course, we got back to Toronto, and I parked it. I didn't have a parking space in Toronto, so just parking on the street. And then I'm, I would go away on tour. Yeah. So this truck would just sit there for two months, right? Yeah. And at some point, it goes from being a fun asset to being a liability when you, you know, you're getting the brakes repaired and you realize you haven't really even driven it in two months. So anyway, I was, I, I, I sold that, but, uh, oh, but. Uh, I don't know. I have. I just have like a Toyota truck, and it that works very, very good, and it, it doesn't seem to break. So the that's, Tacoma, yeah, my yeah. dad has one. They're that's nice. A, that's a better. That's a better truck for me in my current phase of life. You know. Yeah. Maybe if uh in another, I, I do fantasize. I still look around for, for those you know older vehicles. I I just like them because they're mechanical. You know. I mean, that's kind of the main thing. My father-in-law has a big something. collection of cars and motorcycles. And yeah. You can actually work on them, right? You can get parts yeah. for them. You can work on them. With the new ones, like we have a Volvo, and Honestly, it's probably got the same computer that's in your phone, like running the windows and the doors and all the stuff. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, These so. These guys are amazing. I bid on this. It was $14 for 100 entries. You went twenty grand in a 1973 International Scout 2. 49 days left. Is that what it is now? Yeah, that's I submitted like three days go. ago, but like restored. Look yeah, at the interior, those, brown leather. Yeah, I mean, those are amazing. Look at that. Yeah. Anyways, I'm that's open. What, yeah, that's what you want. You take the twenty grand, you go right to the gas station. Yeah, I'm sure I'm paying a lot on it. Yeah, exactly, and insurance. <laughs> Not right now, actually. I mean, now it's now it's a good time. In any case, uh, yeah. The, I, but that's, that's I mean, I just want. the shape of that is just so nice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like most cars, just to me, just look like a stuffed animal, like a round, sort of bulbous, soft yeah. thing. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's a Kia Sorento or like a Mercedes S Class. They all kind of have morphed into this similar shape. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I kind of uh, I don't know. I do I do I hate to sort of just be such an obvious dude, but I do I do like old trucks and old old vehicles. You know, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, they're sick. Yeah, I don't own one, but one day I will. They're nice. Yeah, they're fun if you have a garage, and they're fun if you have time to kind of take care of them. You know, if yeah. you have to pay someone else to do just sort of the basic work, um, it doesn't it doesn't work as well. You know, and also I mean here it's like. The climate here is is pretty unforgiving on vehicles, right? So yeah. it's it's you want to, you know, you want to sort of consider that if you're in a position to to sort of house a vehicle that you're only going to drive for two or three months a year. You yeah, know? that's fair. Yeah. Um, in that video, you were cooking, and I saw like you cut up like a peach or something, and you yeah. put it in with the steaks. You yeah. cook like that was a that oh was yeah a, that was a yeah, that yeah. was a great move. I, yeah, yeah, I do most of the cooking in our house. Um, yeah, when I grew up, my mother my mother was you know a very very good cook. She still is, and um. I mean, food was just like, that was everything. That was the reason why we were 
hanging out and talking, right? It's like we around the supper table, we're getting together, we're 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 connecting. I mean, that's I think for most families, that's kind of the yeah. that's the main time that you're going to spend with each other, you know. So yeah, I mean, I I love it. I love it. It's so fun. Grilled peaches. I mean, there's there's nothing better than that. I think you know. Yeah. It's it's such an easy move, and it, people seem to go, "Wow, I never thought of that." Well, where do you learn that? Because that's what I thought. I was like, where the hell do you learn that? You, well, you I think uh, I saw someone, I've seen people grill pineapple before. Um, grilled fruit in general is like, it's just a cool thing to do. Like grilled pineapple with ice cream on it yeah. is amazing. Amazing. Write that down. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> you know, but like a grilled peach with like, I, I thought of it like, um, you know what a caprese salad is? No. It's like an Italian salad. We have, we have fresh tomato with basil and, and mozzarella cheese. So That's it's like it. an Italian, yeah. Like, so you yeah. just you know olive oil, yeah. Some balsamic, some salt and vinegar. Very very simple. So I thought, well, why don't you do? What if you did that, but with peaches? Right. Oh, okay. So, you know, a little bit of olive oil. Grill the peaches, like cut them in half and grill just them. Put them down. Yeah. Get a little, a little char, flavor. a little char on them. It really just brings out the sugar when you when you cook fruit like that, right? Okay. So they just get a little bit sweeter, and uh, they're nice and soft. And then you put a piece of cheese on top, and it melts, and a little bit of basil, and watch out. You, 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 that's a home run, in my opinion. All right, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. we got, but, like, a family cottage out in Bridgewater. A fireplace yeah. is always going. I'm going to try nice. it. Try it out. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. I mean, you can do it just on a flat top, too, like in a cast iron pan or something like that. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always fun to try stuff, you know? I just, I just, I mean, I also have the advantage that I've traveled so much that I've eaten in so many different wonderful places, so much different amazing food. So, yeah, my uh, the things I'm interested in is diverse. You know, musically and and uh, culinary interests are are sort of all over the place. You yes, know? sorry, I haven't even asked you a music question yet. My bad. That's all right. I, I mean, yeah. truthfully, it's I, it's it's refreshing in some ways. You know, it's it's um, a lot of the interviews that I would normally do are kind of the the same. You're answering the same questions over and over again. So it's nice to talk about peach salad. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's my problem it is it's my problem but it's also the thing i think that people like about the podcast mm-hmm. and we have hockey guys on i won't bring up a hockey question until 45 minutes in that's like, oh, right. yeah you know it's just that's all right anyways um sports for me was introduced mm-hmm. uh through like my family and friends how was music introduced to you music was introduced to me through my friends um i i did play sports when i was younger not in any sort of organized way but we would play just shitty hockey we'd play basketball we would just be outside all day and always doing something and then at some point joe facciolo wanted a guitar his dad bought one Ooh. uh just like a kid i grew up with. Oh, okay sorry i thought um <laughs> you know like i just mean like my friends started to get guitars okay, okay. and then suddenly i was like damn i want a guitar you know but uh, like i said earlier we grew up pretty lean so my mom couldn't just like afford to go out and buy a guitar so i kind of had to wait so i would go over and play my friends guitars for the first little while and, uh, you know, when they would put them down and go play video games or something, I would kind of just try and figure out some chords and, and, you know, really did Nirvana and just like grunge music and stuff like that. So it's pretty simple music and, and just trying to get a head start on that. I was always, it just seemed cool. And then at some point my mother brought home, uh, she got a guitar at a yard sale and it had a hole in the back and she like sanded down this piece of wood and glued it on the back and she fixed it up. And it, it, you know, it, that little guitar did me a long time before I got an electric guitar. Do you still have it? I do. It's at my mom's house. Sick. I mean, I haven't seen it now for a long time, but it's somewhere up in the attic there. Um, 
And then, yeah, I, I babysat for some people. They had an electric guitar in the basement with like two strings on it, and it, it was in pretty rough shape. But I sort of made a deal. I said, what if I babysit your kids all summer? Would you, <laughs> you know, give me that guitar? And they, they agreed to that. And that, you know, that, so I had the acoustic guitar, and then I had this electric guitar. And, that, and then we, right away, we started making little bands and writing our own songs and stuff like that. So it was really just through osmosis, you know, just, just through my friends. What does osmosis mean? Osmosis means like uh, if you put cream in that coffee, it starts to turn into starts to turn into one thing, right? Like I wouldn't have discovered it. I, I, like just if you're close to something, you're uh, you start to get involved with that thing. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's not a very good definition of osmosis. No, like, that's a good that's, word. I just want yeah. to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's just through proximity, through being close to that, it's sort of you know. I'm lucky that I found that, and then I sort of ran with it. As as my friends, they they were like, "Oh, this is too hard. I'm gonna do something else." I just sort of st- stuck to it, and and like I said earlier, I just enjoyed the work of of figuring it out. So, yeah, I just uh, you know, in the early days, it was really just like a lot of time, like the, just like anything else, like your your progression feels like it's really quickly. Like you just feel like, "Oh my gosh, I'm." I'm getting better. Like every day I feel like I'm getting better. Mm. And then at some point that starts to level off. And if you want to get 5% better, if you want to get 5% faster skating, yeah, the amount of work that you would have to do to skate 5% faster, yeah, so you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like everyone in the NHL is good, but to be that yeah, much better, it's exactly. 100 hours right. of work. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. So it's the same You know, with the music. You sort of, definitely for my guitar playing, it sort of got to a point where for me to get even just a little bit better, it's like, it feels like it's so much work, you know? But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just started playing music really early and playing in bands and, uh, and, uh, it just became my focus right away. I mean, we, we had our little clubhouse and we would write songs and we made little recordings and played shows and, and, um, you know, I didn't finish high school. I just sort of like played music. No. Yeah. High school. No. No, a few years ago I got an honorary diploma from my from my uh high school. I think they you know they were they were eager to to uh include me on this thing they were doing and and so they gave me this diploma, which was really nice cuz I my kid was there and my mom was there and she was crying and it was just like a nice goofy moment for us to share together, you know. But um yeah, so when all my friends like went off to university, I was like I'm going to you know play music. But was there any doubt in your mind when your friends went off to university? Like, there, there wasn't like, oh, like, I'm not going to be an accountant. I'm not going to have a straight life. Like, I kind of went through that where my friends started to win off yeah. and they had straight arrow jobs and, you know, they're buying the house. And I kind of went through that phase of, fuck, my life's going to be a little bit different. Did you um, ever have that problem or did you, you were just... I mean, I'm sure there was some, you know, some process that I went through. Okay. I can't, I can't pinpoint it. If If nothing else, I just, like... Like I said, I just enjoyed it. So I always tried to put myself in situations where I could play, you know, whether it was my own music or someone else's music. Like I just, I just never really let myself get bored, you know, I that's, still don't. That's, but, that's uh, good advice. But um, the other thing too that I sort of figured out early on is that if you work for someone else, no matter how high up you get, you're always, you're never really going to be in control, right? Someone else determines your salary. Someone else determines when you work. Someone else, you know. So to my mind, I thought, geez, like, well, if I do my own thing, then in theory, I could make an infinite amount of money. I could do whatever I want to do. And uh, 
I think anyone who's a, an entrepreneur sort of recognizes that. It's like the, the, the potential for growth is just, it literally is whatever you want it to be, right? And so that comes with responsibility, it comes with pressure, it comes with, you know, um, a lot of expectations that you put on yourself. But the upside is infinite, right? So if you're, if you're going to sort of take on a straight job, it's like, just be realistic. It's like, well, what's the best case scenario? Make, am I going to make $200,000 a year or, or 500000 If it's a, If it's a money thing, you can calculate that a lot easier than you can calculate your satisfaction in your work, right? Yeah, you, can't, you can't look into the future and say, oh, I'm going to be happy being an accountant 20 years from now. Mm. Or maybe you could. But but I think for most people, they're balancing these these they're always balancing these things about money and the enjoyment of the work when they're making these decisions. And and some people, frankly, obviously are choosing money in most cases, right? Mm. And it's not I'm not saying I'm not saying in a disparaging way. It's it's important. You got to make money. You got to got to buy groceries. Yeah. Buy Tacomas. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I just sort of recognize that early on that that if you do your own thing, then it can literally go to the moon. You know, good for you for recognizing that yeah. early. Yeah, and I I would don't. encourage young people to just just like I mean now we're really diverging from music, but <laughs> um, <laughs> your manager, yeah, I, <laughs> your manager's like, what's he talking about? No, Not no, it's album. fine. It's fine. I just I just think that like. You know, I think getting a university education is important for sure, for for some, but not everybody needs to go to university. What we actually need is people to go to two-year technical schools to learn trades, and we need carpenters, and, and we need entrepreneurs. We need people opening up businesses and employing other people, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that's important. So we don't want to forget that. Um, you don't, you know, We don't want to, like, only tell young people that, there's only this one way to succeed in life which is to go to university and then you know get a job somewhere there's there's a million ways to live life a bazillion ways and you know anyone who's discouraging their kids from pursuing what they're passionate about whether it's music or or sports or 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 anything i mean that's just like that pains me when i when i hear about that Mm. you know i said oh my dad didn't my, my dad didn't really want me to do that or something i just think like you need to find some way if your kid shows interest in something, the best thing you can do is just fan the flames, right? Well, that was my question about your kids. Like, if you see yeah. your, you have two daughters, sorry. Yeah, I have two daughters. So if you have yeah. two daughters and you see them do something, let's say like they draw something and it's really good, do you yeah. go, wow, like do you want to go get some nice more pencils? Of and maybe, course, of course. Like, just... I mean, I my wife and I are pretty aligned on that. It's it's we just try and have our life and our house be filled with lots of cool options. Cool, you know. Cool. And it, the kids kind of they lead the way. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't really push them and saying, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna play guitar. Yeah. I mean, there's no shortage of music in our house, right? There's yeah. guitars everywhere. There's pianos. There's, there's instruments all over the place. They'll discover it. That, it doesn't bother me if they discover it when they're three or five or ten or whatever. It's if, if they gravitate towards it the same way I was saying earlier through osmosis. It's a great um, word. With my friends, yeah. my, my kids will have an opportunity to do that. You know, and, and. So yeah, we try and fill our life with with you know being outside and and fishing and and um, you know going to the beach and and just try and expose them to a lot of different stuff you know, and same thing with food right try and eat a lot of different food. Mm. If I just served the mashed potatoes and ketchup every day, then the palate wouldn't get very <laughs> developed. You know, oh such a picky kid as an eater. I think most kids are picky. Your kids aren't picky. Well, 
like no, tomatoes I mean, and mushrooms? No, they 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 eat pretty much everything, and and but that's only because like I don't, you know, like I said, I do the cooking. I don't make them any special meals. I I make yeah. dinner, and if you don't want to eat, you know, I try and make four or five different things. Yeah. So if today you only want to eat sweet potatoes and spinach, yeah. and you don't want to eat your chicken, then fine. Okay. You know, I I don't. It's I don't pressure them, but I just offer a, a diversity of things. Yeah. And usually kids will sort of find a few things that they like, if not all, you know. I learned so much about fatherhood on this podcast. Like we yeah. got a lot of dads on this podcast. I don't even I have, have kids. Yeah. But like I'm so intrigued. Like I got buddies that have kids and I just yeah. look at them. I'm like, what are you thinking right now? Like they're just it's they don't the even they don't even seem human at the time before they're ten. They're just they're so free. They're so out there. They're so Yeah, but no we, concern. Could all, we, all, we could all benefit from that. You know, I think I think we all could um we all need to remember that like even in i you know i actually after this i'm gonna go work out i have this fit i've been working out with this trainer the last little while really cool and you know learning a lot about my body and just about about how we develop um but you know when i my kids they can squat down on the floor and they could watch a two-hour movie in a squat position Whoa. what do you this, mean squat like i'm talking about like like this this is their resting position. For two hours? They can just sit and play Legos or they're doing whatever, you know? I heard that's good for you, though. It, it, like, it is. It is like, for, of course, it, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm about to say. Yeah, okay. Is that when we're born, our bodies are loose, limber. They're just, they're pliable. Yeah. As we age and we sit in chairs and we drive cars and we sit at desks, certain muscles and certain parts of our body start to sort of, you don't use them, Right. So the body says, well, if you're not going to use me, then I'm I'm not really going to stay ready to go. And and in some ways I think the mind is the same way. I think kids the kids are just like the kids are just wide open. They're so that's why they're so impressionable, right? That's why there's you have to be so careful about what you expose them to yeah. at that age, right? Yeah. And I think the mind starts to it can if you don't stay open. If you only think there's, if you think there's only one way to live, then as you get older, you get deeper and deeper into that groove, and you think, oh, geez, anyone who doesn't do life the way that I do it is mm. wrong. And I, why would you want to be like that? Well, I think that's the mentality of everyday living, of waking up and doing the exact same thing. Yeah. The benefit of what you and I do is that something is new every single day. You know, mm -hmm. tomorrow I'm going to have a guy on here who's not an artist. Yeah. I'm going to have a guy who does something else. Right. You every day, you're waking up thinking of a new song. We're always mm -hmm. thinking of new opportunities, but someone that does something every day, the same thing, same drive, same people, same mm -hmm. water, mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to think that there are a lot of people that enjoy that too. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's... Yeah, I'm maybe. sure there's so many wonderful things that come out of that. You know, like my father-in-law worked for the University of Toronto for 30 years. Um, and he loved the people that he worked with. And they did big projects, you know, building projects and things like that on, on the campuses. And he was engaged in his work. But he also had a rich life outside of his work, right? He's got his hobbies. He's got 50 motorcycles mm. in his car collection. He's always working on. They live on a farm. They have chickens and horses. And, and my wife grew up that way. And there again you're never bored there's always something to do well that, that's you know? what i like what you said about i asked it was like was there ever a struggle of you know, your friends are going off to do this but you're doing this but you just said i was just never bored mm -hmm. I, that's a good that's good advice for i think people listening just don't be bored always be thinking yeah i mean it's sort of for me it's funny because like i say never be bored and then at the same time for me to write songs i have to let myself be bored no way i, ha I, I can't be watching netflix i can't be listening to podcasts i have to just daydream i have to like empty the mind you know 
because if I'm distracted, then the ideas don't come. So it's like, that's a big part of my process is just, is just daydreaming. I mean, as stupid as that sounds, it's just like allowing yourself the opportunity for something to come into your mind or to see something and say, you know, that's kind of interesting. Maybe that, maybe that's a song, you know, some of my, some of my best songs I think are just written because I'm, I'm open. I'm not focused on any one thing you know i'm just in i have a little office at home i don't have a studio or anything like that at home you can use this whenever you want man <laughs> yeah. come on over well i appreciate that yeah, no worries <laughs> but yeah i just i just like i go into my little room there i have a little couch in there i have a desk in there and i sit on the couch and i read or i'll look out the window and i think you know what bad boys need love too i like that idea that's a cool idea and i think wait a sec is that a song you know and then it'll sort of start from there and, and turn into something but for me, that's that's. Uh, I know some other people they do it in different ways, but for me, that's kind of always been the way I do it. That's so. That's nuts. Like I could, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know where to start to write a song. Like, that's just so weird, but so cool. You just sit there, yeah. bad boys, and he love too. Like, where the fuck is that well, coming from? It's just. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's it's it's. Um, you just have to be distraction free. Well, it's not. It's it's. Yeah, it's sort of a balance, right? Because it's like. I do think that for me, discipline is much more important than motivation. Like I have to just give my sense, give my my chance, give myself a chance to for the ideas to come. So that means I have to put myself in that position as much as often as often as possible, right? I have to get myself in that office, even if I don't think I'm gonna write a song. Okay. I have to get into that zone, free my, you know, say, no, I'm not gonna do anything else. I'm not gonna watch a movie. I'm not gonna read a book. I'm not gonna do anything else. What, why do some artists go like I've heard artists like Kanye West like that was a great video the other day that you did yeah that was funny and like Jay Z and like the Red Hot Chili Peppers when they do albums they'll like rent a house somewhere mm-hmm. and record for like a month right why is that is that kind of what you're talking about right now well or? I think they're they're that's definitely like a lot more people used to do that there used to be a lot more money in the music business and so you could you'd have these exorbitant budgets to to write and record um, so I think that yeah if i had the resources maybe i would expand the way i do things in 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 that direction and i suppose i i have you know in in some ways but but um i think it's i think often it's like you just want to get yourself out of the familiar right you want to get yourself out of your everyday routines so and it for the same purpose because you're hoping that if i if i take myself out of my everyday routines and my mind is open then a new idea will come, hmm. you know, if I, if everything else is new, then maybe my idea for the music will be new. And, um, I definitely like to do that when I record, I, I, I usually just go somewhere else to record this, this new record I recorded in Toronto. And before that I've recorded in Los Angeles and, and the Prague and like all over the place. Um, it's nice to, it's nice to just be in a somewhat foreign place to kind of there's something i like about just being a little bit uncomfortable or something you know what i mean cool i mean i you know not that you're asking for a sports analogy but it's kind of like just like when you play an away game versus a home game it's like yeah the home game has the obvious advantage or whatever right it's like it feels good it feels familiar but it also it's awesome to go away and it's awesome to win when you're away too right because it's just like the whole it's the whole experience right maybe you ate in a restaurant you stayed in a hotel you had a great game, yeah. and you get to come home with all that feeling, right? That so was what so Kobe said. Yeah, it's like I I like playing at home, but I love playing away. Yeah, you just yeah. 
I mean, I sort of feel the same. You know, I I uh, I, I love traveling, and it's I love sort of like being in places where you don't really know what you're <laughs> doing. It's it's yeah. that's kind of the nature of touring is is it's sort of this organized chaos. You know, you have a schedule every day. Yeah. But you know, you sleep on a tour bus, right? So you wake up in a new town and you might be in an industrial area you might be in bears lake if that's where the venue is in the walmart parking lot <laughs> yeah you might be in the parking lot of a walmart yeah and i've slept in the parking lot of many walmarts <laughs> um or you might be you know downtown chicago in some cool neighborhood and you wake up and you're like oh my god and you have you have two or three hours and you can walk around and explore something that's awesome. and that's yeah it's it, it, it is it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun for sure i'd love to tour one day yeah you should man you got to get that, your violin skills back up. I know. I, need, I might need some lessons. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. When I, feel, I find like a lot of artists, when they first start out, not that they copy other people, but they look after other people's styles in mm-hmm. order to gain confidence. I know I did. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be Joe Rogan. I still want to be Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know, and like I looked at Casey Neistat when he started his videos. Well, like, oh, that's sick. So I started buying some cameras and like yeah. kind of copied other people as I started. But then I mm-hmm. feel right now, 290 episodes in, mm-hmm. I'm kind of coming into my own style of podcast. I'm kind of getting a little bit more comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. How did you start out with that? Was there anyone that you looked up to and you're like, oh, I could kind of do something similar to that? Or were you just you right from the get-go? Uh, no. It, it, strangely, I actually, when I when I first started, it was like we liked ACDC and Nirvana and just like the stuff on the radio. Yeah. And then when I got into high school, I had this really cool girlfriend who introduced me to Sloan and Thrush Hermit and the Super Friends and uh, a lot of the music that came from here, came from Halifax. Um, in the 90s, there was, um, I'm slightly older than you are, I guess, but, uh, but in the 90s, there was like, you know, there was a big music scene here that sort of received a lot of sort of global recognition. And people were looking at Halifax as if it was the new Seattle and they, really? were, they were flying in here to see bands play and they were signing bands and there was like a bit of a gold rush for music from here. A lot of it was based on, on Nirvana's success and, and just the whole, gr- the idea of grunge music in general, right? Yeah. It's like you don't have to be this like super dexterous musician like like Steely Dan or something and just play every note. It's like there's actually really good music that's like three chords and just like it's rock and roll essentially, you know? Anyway, so uh she passed me this tape and it had Hermit on it and it had it had Super Friends and it had Jail and it had like a bunch of cool bands that were from Halifax and I thought I I like the music, but I also just like learning about them and learning about Murder Records and the like the label that they had made their own label mm. and they put out their friends' albums and stuff like that. And I just liked that idea. I was like, that I could do that. You know, I sort of saw it as something that that was accessible to me. I, when I looked at ACDC, I never thought, oh, I I can do what ACDC are doing. But when I saw these bands, what they were doing and and making music with their friends and and you know basically making independent records. Um, that seemed accessible to me and doable to me. So that was pretty big inspiration early on, musically and, and otherwise. And then, um, yeah, when I started playing, like, I, I had my own music. You know, I had my own songs and I had my own bands. And at some point I realized that, like, man, my songs just, like, they're not developed enough. They're they're okay, but they're not strong enough to really be competitive in the in the 
bigger world. What makes like what makes like a strong song? What do you mean by that? Oh, like, geez. Well, if you can answer that, you'll make a bazillion dollars in the music. So no business. one knows. Okay. Okay. No one knows. Okay. No one knows. Okay. Right. So when you made um, one of your hit songs, did you? I know mean, it was you a hit know, song? you know, in here, as stupid as that sounds, you know, in your heart, you know, you know, when you hear a song and it moves you, yeah, that song's got the mojo. Okay. Right. So I was writing songs, but they they didn't always have that quality. That still happens, right? I still write lots of songs that you never hear that I don't that I even sometimes I record them. I have the band and we we put a lot of effort into them, and then I listen to them and I have to just say, ah, this one's just not it's not doing it. It's not going to make the album, you know. So, in any case, in the early days, I sort of recognized that I liked doing it, but I wasn't getting many opportunities to play. I wasn't getting many opportunities to to you know to tour. And so I thought, well, geez, I'm pretty good at guitar. Like maybe I could play guitar for someone else. Maybe someone would hire me as their guitar player, and then if I played guitar for a great artist, I could go on tour and I could have that experience, you know. So it was like a light went off. Like I just I came up with that realization. And I put the feelers out there, and like the next day, I got a phone call from this guy, Howie Beck. It's a great name. Yeah, and he's a great artist and a great producer, and and he's you know does a lot of studio work. And um, anyway, he had his own albums at the time, and he said, you know, I'm looking for, I'm putting out this album. I need a guitar player. Like I went over to his house. We basically drank coffee. I don't even know that we played guitar, but we kind of hung out for an hour. He's like, okay, cool, let's do it. You know. <laughs> so that was like one of my first sort of professional experiences, like outside of my own music, you know, like getting hired by someone else to play guitar. Did you have like a part-time job at the time? Like did yeah. you either quit and then you got yeah. to do this? Yeah, That's I did. Cool. I did. I worked in a factory for a long time. Um, what kind of factory? They made like environmental textiles, like just really like liner. Like if you were, if you have a landfill or something, you'd line the earth with like this, oh, the blocks. this textile yeah. okay. so that it's hopefully pulling out some of the, the toxic stuff yeah, out of yeah, our garbage yeah. before it leaches into the soil you made that stuff you made the yeah bl- i made that and i made kevlar like for bulletproof vests and it was, <laughs> it was we made all kinds of stuff all kinds of products mostly environmental products but it was like these big looms right that are needling you're putting raw materials into this thing it goes through all this this line and it come it gets laid out on a conveyor belt and it's getting needled by it's like a giant sewing machine it's getting turned into fabric cool and then it would turn into these big rolls of fabric and it actually ended up eating my finger there. I don't know if you can see this scar here, but oh, that's my but when that happened, I mean, even this finger is still bigger than these other fingers. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I'm lucky that that uh, you have big hands. You'd be like a good yeah, rebounder in yeah, basketball I do have or big something. Hands. Well, it works good for guitar because you can oh, yeah. you can kind of get around pretty good, you know. Good call. Um, so how did you quit to your boss? You'd call him, or you're just like, listen, man. Well, I th- it was sort of just these thing that like I, I had a flexibility in the job and i could i could oh i'm gonna go away and play for a long weekend or i'm gonna go away i'm gonna go away for a week you know and and it got it eventually got to the point where it's like it it just didn't make sense for me and it and and it wasn't fair to the employer basically to be like constantly asking for time off you know and that's when you take the leap of faith and say okay i'm gonna do this full time and you know some days you're eating ramen noodles like three times a day and yeah that's that's great that's all that that's you know, now looking back, you'd say, man, those were some of the best times, you know, yep. best years. Um, but in any case, so so I started playing with him and then I through him. I met this guy, Jason Collette, and I toured with him for years um, and, you know, got to make albums with him and, and do all kinds of cool music with him. But, yeah, we went to Japan and we went to we went all over Europe. We went to we toured in the States a ton, like got to have a lot of experience playing at a very high level 
but not my music, right? It was like yeah, it was still, nice. That's a great thing for I, you. I know, but that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. It was it was uh, it it sort of has given me a big advantage, you know, to see it from that other side. And then through through him, I I we opened for Feist, and uh, over the course of the tour, you know, the bands kind of cross pollinated a little bit. Like they would they would play with us, and then I would play with her, and and by the end of the tour, I was just kind of like playing guitar for the whole show in her band, and. Um, and then yeah, so then I played with her for several years, and we toured all over the world. We played, we played on, you know, we played on the Grammys. We played on SNL. We yeah. did all kinds of you cool stuff. Played on stuff. the Grammys. Yeah, man. Yeah, but what so I had hell? this, I had I'm this whole career. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> but I had this whole sort of career in my twenties that was like uh, as a side musician, and um, like that's in some ways it's part of the reason why I started when I I came back to my own music because when that Feist tour ended. You know, she came off the road, and it's like, you know, I was flying high. We we were we were, you know, amazing music, amazing people. We were traveling all around the world, and then the tour ends, and I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to get a better gig than that. Like, that's you know the best gig to my mind. I was like, that's like the best gig I could possibly get, and so in that in a way that was kind of motivation to just reevaluate my own songs and say, well, maybe now I could like make a go of my own music, right? How old are you? I think I was 27. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it just basically, like, the Feist tour ended, and I, I didn't have a whole lot other things. I had some offers from other bands to go on tour, but like I said, I just I wasn't all that interested. I'd, I'd kind of been operating at a at that level. Yeah. And, uh, and with, you know, no disrespect to the other music, I just thought, like, well, geez, I don't want to, like, take a step down in that way. I want to, like, do something totally different. Mm. So I made my first record, you know, on my own, and uh, and it it sort of caught on. People people dug it, you know, and it gave me a lot of opportunities to go on tour. And you know, I had a Subaru out Forester or something, and and we would <laughs> load it full of CDs and drive around and sell them to people. You know, it was fun. That's all. Do you yeah. have, what what time's your workout? Do you have time? Like what? I got time. You sure? I got time. Yeah, yeah. I'll cut you off. Okay. Right, right hard. No, no. I got time. What? It's it's, it's we're an hour and it's ten. It's eleven o'clock. Yeah, that's okay. You sure? No, I'm enjoying it. It's okay. good. Yeah. Um, what's the key to longevity of a tour? I heard it's diet and sleep, but apparently it's hard to eat well and sleep well on a tour. Well, that doesn't mean it's not important. Even if it's hard to do, I think it's important. You know, I think it's not what it used to be. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think people have this idea that like every night's a Saturday night when you're on tour yeah and it could be yeah but if you do that you're gonna burn out quick and i certainly have friends that have gone through that and and the music industry is is not very forgiving if you're someone who um you know has an addictive personality or or you know has trouble being away from your family and stuff it's like you know a lot of people get into trouble like it's like there's just booze and drugs around all the time right women too well, not in my case, but yeah, I've, oh yeah. I've heard sorry, the, yeah, I've heard yeah. the tale tell, or sorry, tale told that uh, that is the case. And but again, like I don't, I don't. In it's my been, world, that's not that's not my experience. You know, maybe yeah. that might be in Motley Crue's world or something like that. But yeah. but uh, I'm sure that makes for good autobiographies and stuff. But <laughs> but no, I mean, but like it must be different if you're the guy singing compared to the guy sure. on the guitar because for sure. the night before you can't be having eight beers because no. your voice needs to be good to go. For yeah, the that's day. right. That's right. And I've done both. I've I've done the nights where you have eight beers and and, 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 the, and the next day is tough. I mean, yeah, I feel like in some ways I, I just it sounds uh, 
it sounds just obvious to say, but like if you can be in your top game, yeah, and lead everybody else with that, with that, you know, have that attitude, be in a good mood, mm. like be sharp. Everybody else around you wants to follow suit, right? If I if I just yeah, if you if you kind of just say like, oh, I'm just gonna party all night. Well, then it it gives everybody else a kind of like license to do the same. Yeah, you know, and I I, I don't tell people what to do i mean it's it's their life right it's like at the end of the day it's like it's about the show if you're not performing well and it's because you're drinking eight beers then then we'll talk about it but do you talk about it or does your manager talk to them about it uh, like no, you're, I do. you I do. do yeah yeah for sure i mean you know both my manager is really involved in like we make the records together and yeah. you know do he does all the, the business side of it too he's pretty intimately involved in everything i do you know so but i, I just mean people know people people are smart you got to give people credit right it's like you know you don't have to you don't have to shame someone right if they if they make a bad move or if they make a bad decision we're adults yeah you just people know right so um anyway all that to be said is just is just uh you know the 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 old adage of lead by example i think is a good one and i think um it sort of forces everybody around you to be stronger you know okay so so yeah, I think just uh, going, going, getting out, getting up, and getting after it every day is a, is a good way to do it. And uh, and when you're on tour, it's no different. Like I said, you're just like it's exciting, right? You're in some place that you don't know, or in some cases you do know. You've been there ten times before, and you're like, great, we're in New York City, or we're here, and let's let's go to my favorite deli, or let's go do this, you know. Um, but it's it's it really is like it is a club. It's a team, you know. When you're with your band and crew, and and you're traveling around like that you're living in this like little insular bubble right it's like which is the bus yeah the bus i mean the bus is like the, the your home or whatever yeah. but but i just mean um you want those people to be all really high quality right because you're with them you're not just with them on stage right yeah. you're literally sleeping yeah. two feet away from them and you're eating with them and yeah. you're hanging out with them every day and if you're in a fight with your wife and you're on the phone, it's yeah. like they're going to be five feet away listening to everything. So you want to be around people that that um, that you care about, that are cool, that are fun to hang out with. Yeah. And then on top of that, they have to be really great musicians. Yeah, I was going to say. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it's a tall order. You yeah. Know? It's like it's it's uh, that's why when you get a good band, um, it's so special and you want to, you know, that's that's why that's what makes it so fun. It's just like good people, basically. You know, if you if you had shitty people it wouldn't be a very very fun job you know yeah you gotta and that happens yeah yeah you go, i'll just i just gotta grab a water mm-hmm. you want water? Mark, you want one? i'm good yeah sure yeah, yeah oh sparkling eh he's an aristocrat <laughs> there you go i like it <laughs> that sounds good i'll take that interesting interlude that? Interesting interlude, I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a guy come Lemon on here Perrier. once, and I was like, "Do you want a water?" And he goes, "You have Perrier?" I was like, "No." And oh, then yeah. since then, I was like, yeah, "I gotta get some Perrier." Oh yeah, Perrier is good. Um. Yeah, man, I gotta get on tour somehow. I don't know how we'll do it, but it sounds like a good time. Well, geez, tell me about it. I'd like, I'd like. Yeah, I don't think anyone's touring right now, so it might be. Uh, if you can crack the code and figure it out, then let me know, and I'll just follow your lead. But nobody's touring now. So I know it's brutal. What yeah. are you don't have to answer this question, but I'd like if you could. Mm. What are some requests that you have for your dressing room? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it's, a fair question. Yeah, That's yeah, fair for sure. It's fair. It's fair. It's it's pretty unexciting. I mean, um, the main thing is like because we we load in so early, right? Oh. So the crew guys 
they work all day, right? They load, they get all the equipment in there and take all day to build the stage and the lights and all the, all the whatever stuff's going on. So you need to have food around for those guys. Okay. So it's like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner kind of thing, you know? So in the best case scenario, you have sort of some catered food for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's pretty simple. I don't know. Coffee. I like I like a I like a tea kettle in the dressing room. We like to make tea, like to make coffee and and uh there's probably some wine on there. The, there you I, go. There's some couple cans of Guinness usually. <laughs> Every once in a while I'll get a bottle of tequila. But uh that less and less uh, you know as the years go on. That's that's that that'll kill you, you know. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's pretty simple. I don't know. There's no there's no m&ms or any weird things like that black it's towels like, yeah <laughs> i've heard some weird ones yeah. i mean there's there's generally there's towels around towels are a good thing because there's no shower on the bus right so you gotta yeah. you have to like rent towels people don't know that stuff you rent towels like from a hotel nearby to bring them down well you, you do one of towels? two you do one of two things um for instance at the rebecca cohen yeah they have a shower there awesome right so you need towels mm. so if you're traveling around, how do you get towels? You, there's 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 companies that will do that, right? It's news to me. Yeah. So you you uh, well in this case you just do it through the promoter who's ever doing the show, right? Okay, you cool. say okay, I need I I need twelve towels, bath towels, and that's an expense, right? You got to pay for that, right? So you you rent these towels and people use them and throw them on the floor and then <laughs> somebody picks them up and rents them to some other band. It all adds but, up. So you cannot do that. And if the venue doesn't have a shower, you get what's called a day room. So you get one hotel room. And you ask the front desk, you say, I need 12 towels in the room. And they usually look at you pretty funny. You say, I have no intention of sleeping in that room. We're just using it to shower, right? Um, so everyone will take turns going to, to the hotel to take a shower. So, yeah, it's just like when I say it out loud like that, it just sounds so terrible. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just part of being on tour. It's like some people shower in the morning. Some people shower after the show. I usually shower after the show. Um but anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's a funny lifestyle for sure. Do you miss it right now? Like, are you at the point where you're kind of going nuts? Or you uh, just perform? I'm not going nuts. I'm. I mean, I certainly miss you know, like I said, my band and crew, and I I miss performing. Um, but I'm not bored. I I have a lot to do every day, and and I'm sort of working on a bunch of different projects, and and um, I mean, truthfully, I've really enjoyed this time at home. I don't think I would have come to that on my own. I think whenever I have a problem. Or, or I want to, you know, make some step forward. I always think that like doing more is the answer. I always think, oh, I'll make more money, or I'll take on more projects, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. It never would have dawned on me in a million years to just stop everything and do nothing, yeah, and go nowhere. <clears throat> so the upside of that is that I've, you know, got to spend so much time with my family, and um, in some ways, it's kind of shaping up to be the best year ever for us. You know, we've just been outside all the time and go to the beach and. You know, we've eaten a lot of ice cream this summer. It's yeah. Been, it's been a good one. What's your go-to flavor? Privateer's Bounty. I don't know what that is. No, it's it's sort of a niche thing. It's They have it at Jubilee Junction. Okay. Um, but uh, it's tough to find. Whenever I find it, I kind of go for it. But it's a farmer's product. It's not a Scotsburn. Okay. So uh, that's that's the first tip there for you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I do like playing a lot. So I hope that sort of turns back on at some point. But... Um, for the time being, I don't know. I'm kind of ha- I'm doing some different recording projects with like different musicians all over the world, and uh, and then I have this whole video thing that we've been sort of developing over the last little while. Yeah, they're great. They're funny. Yeah, so <laughs> I have this show in my garage. It's called Tone Tools. That uh, actually an episode comes out today. But um, it's fun. It's just sort of like 
it's just a vehicle for me to do whatever I want. You know, I don't really, um, I don't, up until very recently, I've put zero effort into social media. Um, I, there's something about it that just doesn't work, sit right with me. I don't, I don't, I don't like doing it. I don't engage with it on my phone, but I have a camera crew here in Halifax that we work two or three days a week and we just make stuff and then they edit it all and they figure out nice. you know with them, my manager and everybody they figure out how to put it out and what the best way is to sort of get it out in the world you know but um for me that that's just the way it works best you know but uh yeah I just think Instagram seems to me like people haven't really figured out how powerful it is yet you know it seems like most people are just using it to post selfies and like jokes and you know and that stuff works well on there but essentially what they've done is given every single person like their own channel right you can you can post a hour-long thing on the instagram tv if you want right you don't need a network television exactly so it's like it's sort of just the same way kind of youtube has done that it's like instagram seems to be people are like it they're familiar with it they're comfortable with how it operates and um and frankly they're on it all the time which, I mean, as you said earlier, it's like it's you, you were able to determine that a lot of your listeners were in this part of the world. It's like, it's shocking the amount of information that you can kind of like harvest from these platforms. You know, it's, it's you don't need to be Cambridge Analytica to, to uh, you know what I mean? Like target your audience, so to speak. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty frightening in some ways, just how much you can kind of like understand about people and understand what what engages them or or let's say triggers them or you know you can really you can manipulate people in in many ways and so so if you're going to do that hopefully it's to some positive end um i think we're all kind of struggling with the other side of it right now it's just like what's even real anymore it's like it's it's hard to know (laughs) i think that's what makes you stand out though yeah you you go on there you don't sell to anyone you're just like have a good day yeah I like Kanye West. He doesn't swear. My kids love him too. See you later. Yeah. That's yeah. great. You yeah. know, like it's it's yeah. different. Well, it, again, it's that's just sort of the way I'm sort of learning to to use it and to learning to put myself out there or whatever. But um yeah, it's 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 a it's a strange time, man. It's a weird it's a very 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 weird time because it's we're we're moving into this time where I think a lot of low-skilled jobs will we're going to lose them over the next 10 years, right? There's just whether it's through automation or whatever. And now we're coming into this period where people are getting used to the idea of getting sent money and, you know, we're transitioning from the CERB to the EI and there's a, there's a big push for basic income. And I, and I do think there's, there's a strong argument for that, but I think it's going to be really interesting over the next few years to see just how the nature of work changes and how more and more people are going to discover that they have to do it on their own. They have to make their own jobs, and a lot of it's going to be on Instagram or on on online, right? It's like that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like there's a platform there that a lot of people haven't even discovered yet. They think it's just for entertainment, right? But it's like there's a whole there's a whole world there that if you are an entrepreneurial person, industrial person, you can you can you can turn that into a job. I know? found a lot of people are. I found my uh, accountant on Instagram. Yeah, like I was freaking out because we're trying to. Like I'm bad with numbers, so we're trying to figure things out. And I just found some girl. I'll give you a tip. All right. Just don't spend more than you earn. Yeah, that's a great, great advice. Yeah. Sound like my mom right now. Wealthy barber. 
Wealthy Barber. <laughs> My buddy loves that. He didn't he make two books, Wealthy Barber one and two. Yeah, I don't know. He, Maybe he opened he, up another salon or something. Yeah, but. yeah, the Wealthy Barber. Simple advice, you know, goes a long way. Okay, so you met your accountant on Instagram. I'm not going to go into detail, but oh, that's okay. all I got. That's all I got. Okay, it's, okay it's good. Not, yeah. not going to go into the, your detailed financial reports? Financially, no. Okay, Just every, good. Me neither. Everyone buy Manscaped. Use the promo code HB Sports. Appreciate that. And that's, that's right. how, that's no free ads. No. I know you, you plugged Farmer's Ice Cream. Farmer's Ice Cream. No, no. Jeez, are you so joking, nice man? My it. music has been used to sell sports bras and diamond rings and Canadian tire hockey sticks and everything in between. Man. You, get, you get paid on that, I'm, though. I sold out so long ago. <laughs> you don't you have no idea yeah who cares i don't mind well guess what guys you aren't buying records anymore <laughs> gotta make money somehow gotta buy tacomas reality check <laughs> nobody when was the last time you bought a cd oh geez yeah there you go when was there's the, the answer paid? when was the last time i paid for a movie <laughs> yeah exactly so uh you know my industry has changed a lot and um technology is a huge part of that for sure yeah, there is a big riffraff in the music industry now. Well, I don't know anything about it from mm-hmm. what I hear. I always hear Spotify's name out there. I always hear dollars to the cent. I always yeah. hear plays. I don't know. It's all a foreign yeah. language to me. But Well, I mean, yeah, there's not much to it. I mean, the, the main thing is that artists have been exploited since the dawn of the music industry. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the way it's <laughs> Artists been. have been always ripped off. So is it any surprise that as we move forward with the technology that the technology companies have learned how to rip us off. It's just like the thing about music that the industry knows is that we are going to make the music, whether we get paid or not. It's, it's, it's just in us. It's going to come out. Artists are going to make things. So they take advantage of that. They know that we're going to make stuff and there's there's you know there's a huge incentive to get things for free right nobody wants to pay for anything we've we've essentially taught young people that music is free movies are free news is free everything's free shouldn't pay for anything so it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube now you know and and uh i think we we all agree. We like being able to look up any song at a moment's notice, right? I was jamming your music this morning down here in the studio. Yeah, and and that, that's great. And I think there's so much value to that. I think the fact that that uh, you know essentially the barrier to entry is so much lower now, right? You can make your own album on your computer, and you can make a really good sounding recording on your own. You don't need a big studio anymore, and you can put it out into the world. You don't need a big label anymore. You can release it on your own. You can do all this stuff on your own that, I mean, I'm not that much older than you, but when I started, like, we recorded on tape. And it's a laborious process. And you got to hire a guy who knows what he's doing, an engineer. You need to work in a big studio. You need to have financing. It's expensive, right? So that's that. the labels were much more relevant then. But um, anyway, I'm not sure where I was going. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's... it's I just think the uh, the the economics of music is like if you want to be a musician, then figure out how to make a living. That's all there way. That's all there is to it. You know what I mean? You can spend a lot of energy complaining about the way things are, or you can spend effort working towards something else. You know, working on trying to figure out a way for you to have a living and have a career in music. And I would say, of the two options, that's a much better way to spend your time. Um, I mean, I think 
everyone agrees that, yeah, we, w- we would like it if streaming paid more. But for streaming to pay more, then we all have to pay more, right? That's just that's just how it works. Subscribers. Well, not just subscribers, but just the notion of subscribing. It's like, just think like, d- have you ever bought CDs in your life before? Yeah. Yeah, you have, right? So here's what it takes. You got to go out and earn the money. Yeah. Then you have to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to take part of the money that I earned. I'm going to go down to the record store yeah. and I'm going to take 20 bucks and buy something. Yeah. So before you even get into your car, before you've even taken the plastic off, you've made not just an emotional investment, but literally a financial investment in this album. You want to like it. So you might listen to it once, and the first time through you're like, ah, geez, I don't know if I like this album. I like that one song that I heard on the radio, but I'm not sure about the rest. And then you so, but you know what? I'll listen to it again. I paid 20 bucks for it. I may yeah. as well listen to it again. And you listen to it the second time and the third time. And by the fourth time you listen to it, it's like, man, this album's amazing. I love track seven. I love track nine. Like, you invest in the music that you listen to, right? And it's much harder to get people to do that with the streaming, with the technology the way it is right now. Because people listen to a song. Often they listen to the first 30 seconds of a song. Mm -hmm. And they decide whether they like it or not. Mm -hmm. And if they decide they don't like it, they hit next and they go to the next song. So that to me is the most challenging thing for artists now. It's like to make an emotional connection with people is harder on these platforms than it is on a physical product, right? If somebody buys your thing and they bring it home, they're much more invested in it. They're going to spend more time on it. Okay, now I get it. Okay. But yeah. I, okay, they're more invested as they get in the car and go rather than just buying it online quickly. I get you. Well, it's, it's just, just more just, of an emotional connection. Yeah, I get you. you, I got you. You're literally deciding, yeah. hey, this is. I'm going to yeah. bring this into my life, yeah. into my home. I it's going to be part of my thing. So you put time into it and yeah. you learn the songs. Whereas if it's just in the cloud, yeah, you don't own it, and you listen to 30 seconds and you can't touch it. Yeah, you might be skipping over a song that might change your life. Yeah. You don't know. You know what I mean? So. Um, that part of it is, is I think, uh, challenging and can be frustrating. Um, I don't think about it too, too much. You know, I'm trying to like talk about it now. It's like, it's in some ways it's, it's hard because it's like, it's sort of this ethereal thing. It's like, it's, it's the way life is. It's the way we all interact with it. You got laptops here. You got a lot of equipment here. The stuff is going to go out online. It's going to live, you know, on some server in like Nevada. You know what I mean? it's just it's just the whole thing the whole way of life that we have going right now is just like it's not encouraging anyone to really invest in things in the same way yeah so a lot of that stuff happens subconsciously it's not it's not like it's not like you're thinking you know but the other way the physical product way actually forces you to 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 think about what you're doing to think about um what you're engaging with and and what you're spending your money on. You know, I do the same thing with podcasts where it's like, I have a few podcasts that I like to listen to regularly. And then every once in a while I'm like, ah, I should just check out something else. And I'll listen to like the first 10 minutes of something. I'm like, ah, I don't really like this. Yeah. Then I'll listen to the first 10 minutes of something else. That's Ah, where, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's where the truth needs to come out though. Cause I find more people connect to the truth. I understand everything you're saying. I get it. But Mm -hmm. the most podcasts that I listen to, people are telling the truth i can smell bullshit from mm-hmm. a mile away when i listen mm-hmm. to a podcast sure when i listen to your music i hear mm-hmm. the truth i don't mm-hmm. hear bullshit sure but well, i understand the emotional connection everything you're talking about i get it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that's what people are going to respond to in 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 you know in podcasting and music it's the truth in everything you know 
but uh there's even truth itself is is under fire you know i think it's it's yeah you're right to the point now where it's like we're having a hard time agreeing on what is true on so many different issues so it's a lie yeah yeah you can find evidence to support your position and and sort of establish these other truths too so it's yeah, it's a, it's a strange time for sure. It's a strange time to be uh, in music, but it's also a wonderful time. Like I said, it's like there's nothing preventing anyone from making their own music and putting it out there, you know? And I would encourage people to do that. It's like, don't wait for someone to knock on the door. Like, just get going, get making stuff, get right. doing your own thing. And when you, you, same thing, you're building your show, you're building your show. At some point, you're working, 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 and you start to create this uh, orbit around your thing and if your thing is good and you know has integrity you'll start to attract other things that are you know have integrity and that are worthy of your time okay you know what i mean perfect example right now swear to god yeah and and i I think that's been my experience in music you know like i mean as i sort of i've never had like a sort of rocket ship take off in terms of my success or whatever but it's always been just like a little bit of momentum and an upward trajectory over the 10 years or whatever you know and so as you do that, you start to meet more people and you and they become aware of your music and you start to sort of like build out this network of people that are just all doing cool things that are just part of your world, you know? And um, yeah, I don't, I just, I just like so many good things. There's no shortcut. You just kind of have to do it and earn it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, man. I got, I have like more questions, but I don't want to like keep you here. You sure you're good? Like what time? Well, yeah, yeah. Let's do you want just to like, do, like, like can we t- say another fifteen or something? Fifteen minutes is good, yeah. Okay, good. Um advice to your twenty year old self. Advice? Or nice young self. Oh jeez. Holy smokes. I'm getting deep here. Getting deep. Um well, I mean like I just said, I just think like get out there and do it. Stop focusing on all the people who aren't noticing what you're doing or wishing that, you know you had what someone else has just do it just get out there and do it i know nike already kind of got that covered and put it on a shirt and everything but bahamas just do it just do it you know what i mean it just it's it's it really is that simple and and you don't need much you know just start working and you will create your own universe and people will say oh, look what's going on over there that's really cool i think i want to be a part of that you know whether it's fans or people in the business or whatever and i actually had i've had people that i work with now just tell me straight up when I was younger, they said, you know, you're doing something cool. Like when you kind of get to a next level, like give me a call, like maybe we can work together and do something cool. You know, like they acknowledge that there's potential, but that I wasn't ready and they weren't, you know what I mean? Like they, I wasn't in a position where they could really help me. Like right? the Lumineers, like, is that an example? Well, like, that not, that didn't particularly work out like that, but I just mean, I just mean that concept of, of feeling seen and validated yeah but at the same time having to deal with having to deal with that truth and having someone say you're not ready you know what i mean go back down to the miners keep training keep working hard i know you're there i see that all the work you're putting in and if your game kind of elevates up a next level then you know we can revisit the idea of you coming up for the majors sort of thing you know (laughs) i like it yeah it's it's uh that's important but you have to you have to build up your confidence so that you can hear the truth, right? Because a lot of people just live in this fantasy world. They think they're the, the best at everything. Yeah. And then the second someone says, "Oh, you're, we don't like what you do," or yeah. "You're you're not good," yeah. you know, it's like their whole world falls apart. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to just to be your own 
worst critic, right? Be your be be hardest on yourself, because that way, if anybody else says anything about what you're doing, you've already you've taken the wind out of their sails. You already know that. You say, yeah, I screwed up, or I can work. I can do better. I can work harder. You know, and and then it, you sort of get a lot of power back um, through that process. But yeah, I was just I would just uh, if if I'm talking to myself, I would say own your mistakes. Um, you know, and and have integrity, and uh, and I hope that I had that in, in in my youth, but I think that's I think that's the main thing. You know, don't pretend to be something you're not. That's that's as you said, people can people can see that a mile away, and uh, it might even get you in the door of some places, but it just it it doesn't mean that you're going to get an invitation to come back. You know, it's sort of just that's I think that's important, and that and it's hard. It's like it's, everybody's trying to do that. Everybody's trying to find a way to be comfortable in their own skin, whether you work at Royal Bank or or you play at the Jazz Fest or whatever. Everyone's trying to do that. It's challenging, but I think that's kind of where the real reward is, you know? Awesome, man. Yeah. Daffy, thank you for coming on. I appreciate this. Oh, no problem. Thanks you, for the uh, Lemon Perrier. I don't... Is it Lemon? Yeah, it is Lemon. Yeah, man. No worries. Citron. Can you give a shout-out to my buddies? Mm-hmm. Can you say... Uh, so we got Ben, Seferis... Seferis. So he's Greek. Seferis, Kevin, and Jasper. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any other guys at the concert that night. Let me just write this out. Kevin, too. Say hi to Kev. Okay, hold on. So Ben, Seferis, <laughs> Jasper, 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 Kevin, Kev. Oh, yeah, Burke. 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 We'll just go the whole crew. Brody. Okay. Brody. Brody. That it? Um, man, oh, this is bad. I might be missing someone. One, two, three. Sorry, I gotta look at the group chat here, just to make sure I'm not forgetting anyone. Your trainer's gonna be like, where the fuck? Where? Are no, you? no, no. It's good. It's good. Oh yeah. I don't even know. I think that's everyone. All right, yeah, that's it. Just get okay her. on the mic. Yeah, just like, okay. just say. Thanks, what up, guys? Know. Thanks, Ben, Safaris, Jasper, <laughs> Burke, Brody, and can't forget about Kev. Got to thank Kev. Um, your buddy Justin over here is doing a hell of a job, and it's been fun hanging out with him. I hope to meet you guys someday soon, whether it's at a show or, uh, you know, maybe at the WAG or, oh. uh, you know, maybe Larry Utech Boulevard, maybe at the Costco on uh, Bears Lake there. Either way, oh, look yeah. forward to meeting you guys. Awesome. See you, dudes. All right, man. Um, everyone listening. Actually, last minute of the show is yours. If you want to thank anyone, family, friends, you're good. I want to thank you guys. I want to oh, thank. Man. I want to thank you for this water. You got a nice setup here. Appreciate it. You got your own merch and everything here. Well, eh? those Jeez. are for right, those are for you. Those are for me. Well, oh, not for God. you. We don't have any uh, large or medium left. I don't know what size you are, but those are small. So those are for your kids. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Right, thank man. you. All right, everyone listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, like I said, Thursday. Week's almost done. Summer's done. Fall's here. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, work hard, and uh, and keep tuning in. I appreciate all the support, guys. Thank you very much. We're out. Peace.
Things are changing now so quickly I feel that history has picked me I was a fool to think you'd miss me Ain't it the truth or is it just me? Raise a glass now for everyone All God's children under the sun Raise a glass now for only me Cold and broken, lonely me Now for only me, cold and broken, lonely me. 